As a reminder to all of our Empaths Without Borders listeners out there, Sarah and I are not mental health professionals. Although we're professional in other ways. <laughs> and this podcast is not meant to be clinical advice. Uh, this is just our own perspective and our own inner work that we have done. And we hope that you enjoy regardless. y'all and welcome back to empaths without borders the podcast where we make your problems our problems i'm one of your hosts jency i'm your other host sarah hi sarah how are you today i'm great you i'm doing okay i feel a little bit better i may have had like a minor breakdown on monday (laughs) but you know um I think that I have I have um, hopes and ambitions that I can figure out how to be better or do better. So, <laughs> well, what do you want to talk about today? Yeah. So, um, I when because on Monday when I was having my minor breakdown, I texted you and I was like, Sarah, I think that. I have adrenal fatigue, <laughs> mostly because I was like panic um, Googling things about like chronic stress and like cortisol levels and what court like <laughs> it's just again, I was just like in a panic. I was like, oh, my gosh, cortisol is going to kill me, um, which is ironic because it's the stress hormone. <laughs> but uh, and you you had basically said like yeah like why don't I like help you so that you don't do permanent damage and I was like that might be good actually so I don't <laughs> so I don't completely burn out of life before I turn thirty. Sure. Um. So I think that what we had decided that we were going to do today is kind of a um, like we're just going to kind of record you doing um kind of a nutrition consultation is that what you call it yeah cool okay um and I do honestly I just want to let the listeners know that I have in this particular situation I have waived my hippo rights (laughs) Sarah Sarah, I'm giving Sarah and I are talking about this together and this is an educational thing for y'all so okay so I am your willing participant. Today. Say that again. <laughs> I love. <laughs> what brings you here today? So yeah. So I um have a lot of issues with um sleep and energy, and it just like overall seems like I am really really struggling to um get in a good rhythm or find a good balance of um like what works for me I guess um I was the thing the exact thing that I texted Sarah was something along the lines of well I'm so anxious then I can't fall asleep and then I get I'm so tired because I can't sleep that I wake up and I I'm just like exhausted and I wake up like I'm just waking up later and later and then I have to rely on coffee to like just have any sort of focus and attention on on classwork um but then that increases my anxiety which then it's just like this like vicious cycle of me just like just like it's just like anxiety just like keeps like building up in me and the funny thing is is that I think that like I think I've always had like low levels of anxiety but I I definitely think that I noticed that things start slipping and my anxiety gets just like much, much worse, which I think is like common, but, um, and I think that's kind of like, I think that just things are falling by the wayside and my anxiety is just getting worse. Like I'm, when I'm, when I'm talking about like things falling by the wayside, it's like self-care things are just like mm-hmm. dropping off and it gets worse and worse. And then I'm like, Oh, I need to do these things. But then I, I'm like, well, I don't have the energy or the time to do those things. 
And so then it's just like, I just don't feel well. So like I, over the summer, I was really, really consistent, um, with lifting and, um, cardio and I've had like a lot, like over the past, like six weeks, I've, um, really decreased both of those things just because I just, I'm so tired. I'm like, I can't go to the gym. I'm like, I can't, I'm just going to go and take a nap instead because I'm just so tired. Yeah. So yeah, it's a common cycle we get ourselves into where, you know, we fall behind and then we do these things to catch up, but then it's just like making it worse and worse, whether it's drinking coffee or, you know, napping is, can be really good, but then it can also just mess with your sleep cycles and then that throws it off. And so I'm excited to work with you because I think that while nutrition is like a heavy lift in one way to like be committed to changing, it also can change a lot of things very quickly. And I have a lot of clients that, you know, depending on how usually by the time they come to see me, they're like, yep, I'll do it. <laughs> what you're going to take, yeah. tell me because I don't know what else to do. And I'm willing to give it, you know, typically I'm just like, let's give it 30 days. It's going to be hard, but a lot of people, especially the worse their symptoms are, the faster they see changes. And then that's super motivating to be like, okay, mm -hmm. I just don't want to feel that way. So I guess I'm just going to have to do this. So that's kind of, you know, anxiety is one of those things that we can do a lot of inner work on. And I think that's helpful, but the other pieces nutrition and how you're treating your body yeah and things like that. so um besides like the sleep energy anxiety peace do you have any other physical symptoms that well I think it was telling I told Sarah this before we started recording but um because I filled out paperwork for her in like May is that right like it was like in May and I wasn't really having this, but, um, I pretty recently in the past, like three, four weeks, it's gotten, it's like probably happens like at least once a day. Now I've been getting like really bad, um, like heart flutters <laughs> and like, it's like it, I don't know if that, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm describing it quite right, but like heart flutters, like, it just feels like it's like, like racing and it'll be when I'm doing like absolutely nothing at all like you would think that it would be when I'm at the gym doing something like like on Monday one of the reasons why I I feel like I had like a release of energy I like was I just like hopped on a bike for like an hour and I felt great afterwards but I also like as like a release of energy and I was like oh my god something has to change um you would think that I would have like those those heart flutters at that point but no it's like when I'm laying in bed at night before I go to sleep I'm just like oh there it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, heart palpitations can be a sign of a lot of different things that we can look into, but, um, backing. So that's one physical sign. Any other signs, things you've been diagnosed with? Oh, so Maybe. I, I have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Yeah. Um, and I do take, I think it's a fairly low, um, love low dosage of thyroid medication. Um, and I do take that every day. Um, I, in the past I've been, um, diagnosed with anemia, but I don't know if it was like ever officially diagnosed. I think that like, it was like, Oh, like you have no iron. So take more iron, which I know is really common for, for women. Um, especially like when I was like, I was like 18, 19 when I got that diagnosis. Um, but I've always, yeah, I have been told that I have like low iron. And I think that the last time I got blood work, I had very low iron. Mm. Um, it was like, I think that my ferritin was like 19. Mm, no, yeah. I think it was even lower. It could have been like 11. It was 11 or 19, right. which is very low. <laughs> what? Cause they recommend what it's like over 30. Yeah. Like in the forties is healthy. Um, and especially because like I lift a lot and I've been, I lift pretty heavy and I think that like nutrition is a piece that I really need to improve on in order to 
lift heavier. Yes. So I'm, that's, I guess a goal of mine is to lift heavier. Okay. Um, as well. And then I guess like for, as for other like physical things, I think one of the things that, um, caused me to like seek out like blood work in the first place is that, um, I was having like really bad hair loss Mm. (laughs) as a, you know, mid 20 something. Yeah. Which was not great. Um, and I think it's got that has gotten a little bit better. I think I, I still I just have come to the conclusion that I'm just not gonna ever have thick luscious hair. I'm just gonna always have sad little thin hair, <laughs> and I should just be content with it. Well, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> be excited about your hair no matter what. But <laughs> it's, it's typically a definitely a common symptom of hypothyroidism. And so if I want to get on my thyroid soapbox for a minute, the thyroid is a very important, tiny little organ at the base of your throat. Mm -hmm. It controls pretty much every hormone in your body. It's, there's like a, this axis, the hypo or the thyroid, the pituitary and the adrenals, and they Mm -hmm. all kind of work together. And so when, when we have thyroid issues, it's kind of like, usually one of the first places your body starts sending out like distress signals, um, that things aren't right. And it doesn't like what you're putting in it and Mm -hmm. like, Hey, there's something wrong. The thing that happens when we, so then what the blood work measures is your thyroid stimulating hormone. And it's how, if that's a high number, it typically means like your thyroid's low functioning because your pituitary has to send out all these extra hormones to like wake up your thyroid to do its job. So then it's a high number. However, there's lots of thyroid numbers that most doctors typically don't look at that can tell us exactly where in that whole cycle that's very complex. It's breaking down. So sometimes people, it looks like their thyroid's not functioning but it might be at some point way earlier in the cycle that like say your adrenals or your pituitary, it's like not sending out enough signal. So your thyroid has to work harder or whatever. Mm-hmm. And actually your thyroid's fine. It's something else. So what happens when then we start taking thyroid medication, which is basically a replacement, like, oh, your body's somehow not making this hormone. So we'll just give it to you synthetically. Mm-hmm. And what happens a lot of times is, um, your numbers on paper start looking normal, but mm-hmm. you still feel like you have hypothyroidism. You still have hair loss, low energy, cold hands and feet. Um, a lot of common symptoms are like failure. You can't lose weight. That's one. Um, you have all these problems, heart palpitations are definitely like a signal that the medication's not right because what it's doing isn't really fixing your thyroid. It's just like replacing a few things. So in a way it almost is like covering a check engine light. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, and there's two ways to go about this, you know, some functional health practitioners do a lot of blood work and you can kind of really trace where in the cycle it's going and then address it. But for the most part, we can kind of do a lot of assumptions with food because since we're not, I don't, oh, any, I never start with just like supplements. I start with like an overhaul of the diet and typically that clears up about 95% of health issues. And then if there's some lingering things, then you can kind of dig deeper, but a good life hack is that we don't always need a ton of blood work to really like kind of just assume. So a lot of women in the U S um, there's several different forms of hypothyroidism and one is an autoimmune issue and they're all food related, but that one's very like you have a food sensitivity and your body's distressed to the point of it starts attacking your thyroid. Mm-hmm. And so when it does that, interestingly, like then you up your medication and then you might feel better for a few weeks and then you start feeling bad again. 
but we're not stopping your body from attacking the thyroid. So it just will continue to attack it until you have no thyroid anymore. And then we're really screwed. So yeah. the earlier we can kind of address that, the better. So the thyroid, anyway, my point is to say like, when people start getting diagnosed with hypothyroidism, it's just a really early warning sign that like things are going to start heading downhill. And that's the first symptom. Mm-hmm. The same with like a gallbladder. A lot of women, especially right after birth, will have gallbladder issues or thyroid issues. And it's just because pregnancy is so taxing on your system that your body was headed that way anyway but pregnancy kind of pushed it over the hill. And oftentimes you'll have a really new mom that has a gallbladder attack or something. And it's just a sign that it probably wasn't super happy before, but it got stressed so much that it just failed. (laughs) Sorry, excuse me. Um. So typically when I see hypothyroidism, I definitely start thinking food sensitivities instantly. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the anemia thing is, could either be like a lack of iron in the diet. It's very hard to just take it. Iron supplements are kind of worthless because your body doesn't absorb them. I, I have been taking, um, that one that you suggested a couple years ago, the one that's like the like the liquid iron one. Oh, yeah. That's like a more Flor- digestible. Yeah. Like florid. Floridex. Yeah. Floridex. Um, but yeah, other, yeah, like I, cause when I, yeah, when I got my blood work, they, um, they gave me like iron tablets and like, like a big issue with them is that you can become like super constipated, and I'm like, what's, and and it's like, you have to have a ton of it because our body doesn't absorb it super well. I'm like, this right. seems odd. This doesn't seem and right. Anemia is another one where there's several pieces of a, like a blood work panel that you would want to look at to know what stage of low iron you're in. Sometimes it's not always just actually iron. It can be B vitamins, mm-hmm. but there's like, that's a pretty complex cycle too. So it could be way back in this part of that cycle that is failing and not necessarily just, you don't have enough iron. Okay. But again, we can kind of make a lot of assumptions and like doing a lot of diet work. It's, I think we've talked about this before, but all health starts in your gut. And so when we're sending foods that don't agree with our intestines, it causes inflammation because your body's like reacting to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we get to a place fortunately, or unfortunately, I don't know <laughs> when we're kids, like our bodies have super high tolerances. It's not that they're not sensitive. It's just that their bodies are very capable of overcoming that. And so then it appears like they're tolerating, like, you know, your kid can eat a bunch of garbage and he's totally fine. But then you get to a certain age and you're like, Ooh, I shouldn't have eaten that. It could be like, right. That you're like, like that. It's like accumulated damage. Right. Where. Yeah. Like it's, it's always been kind of a thing, but like just you're continuing to like, it's like a, uh, like, Oh gosh, this is going to show how much of a nerd I am. It's like um, erosion of water, right? After it's like a dripping, like a like a drip just on concrete, right? Mm-hmm. Just like for the first year, it's not going to do anything, but after like years and years, it's going to eventually wear a hole. Exactly, and typically our bodies, even as adults, can take quite a bit of damage. But if we're not fixing that on a regular basis or most of the time, eventually it'll just wear down. And you're right, like so if you eat, you know, let's say dairy every day and your body reacts to it. It's then in a state of constant reaction. And that's what we call oxidative stress and causes inflammation. And then over time, 
time, you know, it'd be one thing if like you had dairy, it, you reacted, it takes about six to eight weeks for your body to over like cal calm down after one exposure of something. But if you're chronically eating it over time, like you might not even notice, but your body's certainly like just trying to survive the attacks. And then your intestines get so inflamed that the gut linings, you know, kind of get really bad and they start leaking and then food starts leaking into your, your abdomen. And then when that happens, it's called leaky gut syndrome. Once you have that level of inflammation in your body and tiny food particles are leaking out, then your blood cells are like attacking because those are foreign bodies that aren't where they're supposed to be. And so then it starts attacking different tissues in your body that because terrible. they look the same as food proteins. And so this of course takes years and years, which again is why as we age, we get more and more intolerant, but it doesn't mean that we haven't been causing that damage. So, so the first thing I typically ask clients is what's your diet like now? <laughs> um, not great. I think I warned you as well when I texted. So like I go one of two ways and I kind of, it's a kind of a flip of the coin, um, how this, how this ends up going, Sarah, either I don't eat for the majority of the day. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, why am I, why do I feel so bad? Um, I, I, it's like truly like, I'm like, it's like anxiety. Like it's like the like, I don't know if it's, it's like the, the, oh gosh, what is it? It's, um, when you're so anxious and you're like, you have like such like a bad stomach ache or such a bad headache that you can't eat. Mm -hmm. That's what happens to me. And I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, I wonder why I feel so bad. And I was like, oh, cause I haven't eaten in like, I haven't eaten like all day and it's like 3 PM. Um, and then the second piece of it is that I definitely like, like really rely and like crave like comfort foods <laughs> and it's like I love potatoes so much like potatoes are like one of my like I'm just like I crave potatoes in any form I'm just like oh my gosh I just want potatoes so badly um and uh I will say that like on the flip side of that um I do. So I'm in grad school and there's this program that we have called um, Rams Against Hunger and they, we have meal swipe programs. And so um, I, you can get like things to go or uh, you can go into any of the dining halls. Um, and so whenever I'm there, I almost always like, that's where I get most of my vegetables, I think <laughs> is because I'm like, Oh, I'm here. I'll have these vegetables. <laughs> um. But then also it's like, that's like really, it's really hard to control a, what is like being offered to like, cause like things are just offered on the days that they are. And it's like really hard to like pick, like it's, you can't just like pick out some things, I guess. Um, and then it's also like, it's hard to like, you don't know what's going to be in it. And then um, it's also hard because like, the servings are like they just serve you so it's not like you can like do your own servings of things and so like I'll ask for extra meat and they just like look at me like I am like I asked for them to hand me their firstborn child um it's very frustrating but do you want to hear what I have eaten in the last four days I would love to <laughs> okay so Saturday <laughs> I feel bad about this Sarah <laughs> also this can this be can this be a judgment free zone? <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay, so Saturday I had I worked on Saturday. I had coffee, mm -hmm. a ham and cheese croissant, and then I had um it's this thing that's called a pulled pork mackful. <laughs> so it's a waffle with uh, mac and cheese and pulled pork on top of it okay and a 
glass of wine and that's it. Okay. That's all I had Saturday. Okay. Sunday, I um, had a really bad headache sat- Sunday morning. Um, and I really like couldn't like I was like, I can't I have no appetite could not even eat. Um, and so then after in the afternoon, I had coffee, <laughs> chicken tenders, um, French fries and cheese curds. Um, Monday was a little bit better in terms of like having like an actual like balanced meal. I had um, a breakfast burrito, coffee, hash brown, half of a banana because it was not a good banana. Um, I it was like really green and it was like it. I could not eat the whole thing. I really tried though. Um, and then for lunch I had. Um, this was like one of the things that was like um offered normally when like this like this station at the dining hall has um like rice and chicken but they didn't have either so it was potato casserole and tofu which is weird um and then i had a salad and then for dinner that night i had a burrito i had a burrito bowl i guess technically because i didn't do um i didn't do the tortilla and then I had another salad. Okay. Um, and then yesterday I had another breakfast burrito, um, orange hash brown coffee. Um, and those actually those come from like the the dining halls as well, but they like it's like to go, so they just you give it, are given a set a set meal essentially. Mm. And then <laughs> for lunch, <laughs> I had grilled cheese. <laughs> Okay. Frosted flakes with oat milk. And then another salad. And then um last night for dinner, I a friend and I were watching a TV show together. So we ended up doing breakfast for dinner. So we had eggs and bacon. Um, and then we did do hot cocoa and cinnamon rolls as well. Okay. So that's my that's my last four days. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being vulnerable. I know. With my trash diet. I've been joking my friend last night that we were like watching a TV show. Well, it wasn't a TV show. <laughs> I'm already lying. <laughs> it was a YouTuber. <laughs> and we were like, this is a trash person that we're wa- that we're supporting. And so we want to minimize our impact by watching it together instead of watching it separately and giving them more views. And so we joke that we're like, we're eating trash because we're trash people watching trash people. Um, so anyways. Okay. So here's a question I ask all of my clients is how dedicated are you to changing your nutrition? I think that's a very nuanced question because <laughs> I like I something really needs to change because I don't feel good like ever (laughs) um so I am dedicated and I'm also very nervous about what it's going to look like and um like how much time and money and effort it's going to (laughs) cost um and so I'm, I guess I'm like going into that with like that as like an understanding that this may not be like the most convenient thing and that I really need to try something different because I don't feel well. Yes. Well, thanks for your honesty. I think, like I said, a lot of people that do come to me are at that point of like, I don't know what else to do. Something has to change. I'm not okay with this anymore. And how much work is this going to be? And people always have to kind of decide like, A, I always propose just, you know, this is an experiment, I guess. And if you can look at it like that, then you can be like, okay, for at this chunk of time, like 30 days or 60 days, can I just commit to doing this instead of, I think where a lot of people get caught up to is like, oh, I'm going to have to restrict my diet forever and I don't want to and then Mm -hmm. they kind of start it and like well this is a lot of work and I don't really know if I want to do this forever and ever instead of like can I do this for four weeks Mm -hmm. and 
And then if they have that mentality, then they're a lot better at like, can I just do it a hundred percent for that long? And chances are you start to really feel the difference. And what I recommend is like, I typically kind of outline what I want to look like for 30 days, but then also have the client really kind of keep track, not only of what they're eating, making sure they're avoiding what they're supposed to, but how they're feeling. Okay. You can start to put those things together. And it's also hard, like in 30 days, if you're like feeling better and you haven't been tracking, we often have very short memories of how bad we felt in the beginning. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) And then we're like, well, yeah, I mean, I feel better, but did I really feel that bad? You know, and maybe I could just start sliding back into the old habits, but usually it takes, you know, that 30 days or so for people to be like, yeah, this is definitely worth worthwhile. But then we can also start, it starts out kind of strict mainly because I mean, you could go two ways. Like if someone's really struggling and they're pretty uninformed about nutrition, we might really have to start with baby steps of like this week, can you cut out pop or something like that? However, usually you want to see quick changes and the quicker you can feel those, the more motivated you're going to get. So it's going to be more beneficial to kind of do it all at once. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. However, okay. you also want to be prepared because you don't want to fail. So I typically talk to people about what it looks like. And then you have to kind of pick like, okay, what's it going to take? How much preparation do I need to get started for the first week to be successful? And when can I do that preparation? And then what's my starting day? Okay. Because a lot of people get so excited. They're like, I'm going to start tomorrow. Well, then if they haven't gone out and bought all the food they need to be eating so they don't eat the garbage, they're immediately going to fail. And then it's like, well, maybe after the other pitfall is, well, I have a trip coming up. So I'll start after that, which is fine unless you fall into that trap and it's months and months down the road because, well, then it's Christmas and that's going to be hard. And then New Year's. So then after New Year's, I'll definitely start this. So I recommend picking like a time within the next week to be like by next Monday, like then I'll have the weekend to go grocery shopping and to think of a week's worth of meals or something like that. Or how am I going to avoid this? And then you have a start date. Can we like, um, do like some more like meal prep type things? Because I, I can foresee myself already. I'm like, when I'm not, when, like, after I get done with classes, I don't want to cook. And like, when I go to work, I don't think, oh, I should like, what am I going to pack for lunch or for dinner? Like when I go to work, um, stuff like that. And so like right before I go, I'm just like, oh, I just got to go to work. Right. Yeah. And it's going to take a lot of shifting your mentality. And I guess the point you had said, kind of like, I, it's going to take a lot of work or how much money. And if we can start to reframe that of like, you know, there's all these cute phrases, like you can either pay the, the pharmacist or pay the farmer. Like you're going to, it's going to cost you Mm -hmm. lot down the road if you don't but of course human nature is like we live in the moment like our our minds might might not live in the moment but our bodies do and like I'm just hungry so I'm just going to eat something instead of is this going to cost me down the road and so kind of shifting like where you're going to put that time money and commitment now so that you can feel better and avoid a ton of health issues as you age or, okay, I'm going to live in the present like that now, and then I'll pay for it later. Yeah. But meal prepping, I think for someone, you know, single, what I would do is like come up with a few different meals a week 
that you do have time to cook mm-hmm. or whenever and make like a full, like say you were making a big crock pot full of chili. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you make that and then you freeze them in individual yeah. serving places. And you have like four or five of those types of meals in the freezer that then you're just pulling out for the day mm-hmm. for those times when you can't just cook. Yes. I love that. So you can do that with breakfast casseroles. You can do that with pretty much anything. Like you cook for seven people, you eat that, you portion it out, you freeze it. Um, and then you just go grab it. Sweet. That sounds great. So I know that, you know, you've heard my spiels a lot of times. So this probably isn't going to be surprising to you. But what I typically recommend to people is what I call a 30 day reset Mm -hmm. diet. And again, it's, it's like a three pronged process. We're immediately eliminating any foods that are causing sensitivities in your body and causing oxidative stress and inflammation and you're reacting to. We're replacing those foods with foods that are calming your body down and healing it and giving you that energy. And then the third phase is kind of like, what do we have to add in to supplement to get you back up to speed? Okay. But typically doing those two things side by side works pretty quickly. Okay. So I'm going to send you my 30 day reset plan. Okay. Sounds great. On the, on the get healthy thing. Yes, I can do that. Okay. But typically, so looking at your, and the other thing I do is work with people week to week so that we can tweak things and add things in. And as you get more confident of like, okay, I've been doing this, then can we add in like windows of time to eat or you know, kind of getting your body back on track of not going all day without eating and then you're eating and then you're feeling, you know, some of that's probably blood sugar issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we can stabilize your blood sugar, then you can go periods of time without eating and not feeling like garbage all of a sudden. Okay. So the big three that I recommend people cutting out or there's more than three, but grains, all grains, corn, okay, wheat, barley, oats, oh, anything with I grain. love oats. <laughs> I love oat milk. It's like the only thing. What am I supposed to? What am I alternative drink? Am I supposed what alternative drink? What alternative milk am I supposed to drink? Well, depends what you need milk for. <laughs> well, I guess. Well, okay. Continue. Okay. So grains is a big one. And we should probably just do a whole podcast on like grains, dairy. But everybody is sensitive to grains and dairy. But then it's just a continuum of how sensitive you are. They're not typically foods we're supposed to be eating as humans. Mm -hmm. And now we eat like nothing but those two things. And so it really has caused a lot of nutritional damage to most people. However, some people are just more tolerant and some people are really, really not tolerant of them. And you're probably in the middle where the chronic issues are subtle enough that you haven't been able to link them together. Mm -hmm. It definitely caused issues. And aside from all the inflammation they do cause, they're also pretty nutrient devoid. Mm-hmm. So they're filling you up, but they're not giving you much nutrition. Gotcha. Okay. Grains also have these fun things in them that are called, um, what are they called? But it's basically, anti-nutrients so in your gut they literally block your gut from absorbing nutrition from other foods oh interesting 
So the same thing kind of with dairy, especially cow's milk dairy. Most people in the world are actually lactose intolerant. It's very rare to find a person who's not because it's a milk designed for baby cows. If you want to think about it really plainly. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just don't eat the same, like our bodies need different things. And so what dairy does is kind of, um, it temporarily paralyzes all the cilia in your, from your esophagus down through your intestines. And so it can't be like cleansing your body. And that's why a lot of people don't notice until they get sick. And then they, you know, how people are like, oh, you shouldn't drink milk after you've had a cold because it makes you really phlegmy. Mm-hmm. It actually does that all the time, but you just typically don't notice. Is it just milk? Anything that's Be- made with milk. Anything that, well, because like, I know that like, I guess what is the compound in milk that does that? That causes the paralyzation. I think it's the casein. Okay. Because I know that like um, lactose and casein are the two big things that I think people have like big reactions to. Mm -hmm. But I know that like, for example, like a lot of hard cheeses don't have as much lactose in them. Right. So those are things like in the beginning for the 30 days, you want to avoid all of it. Okay. Even probably butter, even though butter Mm -hmm. might might not be something that your body notices. Those are things to cut out totally. So you really have a fair shot at figuring out what you're allergic Mm -hmm. to. What about clarified butter that doesn't have any milks? Yeah. Yeah. Ghee's fine. Okay. And then after 30 days, those are things you could try adding in and seeing, because you're right, like it's ghee, then butter, then hard cheeses and soft cheeses, then fermented dairy and then milk and ice cream. Ugh, I can't do those things anyways. Yeah. Which is a clue that your body's reacting probably even to cheese, but just not that you're noticing like a direct, like, Oh, every time I eat this, I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. on the toilet for 12 hours, but it doesn't mean it's not causing damage. Okay. And my analogy is always like, if you're basically a lot of people their bodies have gotten so inflamed it's like your house is on fire so then when you go to throw a match on to see if it will make your house on fire like you're not going to notice right because your house is already engulfed in flames so you can throw all these matches and be like oh look it didn't make the flames any higher but if you can put the fire out and then toss a match on it's going to tell you your body's going to react pretty quickly or not. Okay. That makes sense. The guesses. So what's the third? Oh, I was going to say, what's the third thing? (laughs) Sugar. It's just, you know, on one hand, you're not, people aren't sensitive to sugar. Like they are grains or dairy, but it's an inflammatory substance. And the less we have of it in anything. And part of the reason that a reset diet like this works is that, you know, by the time we even cut out all the grains, we're cutting out tons of carbohydrates. And on one hand, it's not necessarily like, oh, you have to eat low carb. Like here's where all these diets get kind of bastardized. (laughs) Cause if we just focus on like macronutrients, we're not focusing on like food intolerances or specific people. Um, or what these foods are giving us in return. So for example, I had a client who years ago ate keto for two years and it mm. worked. She lost a ton of weight, right? And keto is like a high fat, low carb diet mm. and it worked. So she felt good, um, mostly because she cut out a bunch of junk food and then you're replacing it with good fats and our bodies do react well to eating high fat diets. However, if you do it long enough, she realized like her muscles started atrophying and she ran out of energy because if you think about it, if you're really just focusing on fat, you're eating a lot of things that just have fat in them 
without any nutrition. Mm -hmm. So like, sure, you can fill up on two tablespoons of coconut oil and that helps your body burn fat and metabolize and do all these fun things, but it doesn't have any nutritional value besides that macronutrient. It doesn't have vitamins and minerals and things. I also think, I think I, maybe I've said this on this podcast before, but I think that um, at some point in time, our society is going to have to acknowledge that gym bro culture is like low key, like an eating disorder because like all they do is well also okay because like they're like macros 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 like they like that's a big thing in like the lifting community is like focusing on the macros but then all that they all they eat is like rice and chicken right and i'm like well that's well first of all how boring <laughs> yes like how like that's so boring and like people who um like le- like do the lifting or the pat like bodybuilding stuff for a long time when they get done they're like i'd like carry food around with me like all the time and like i was just miserable um and yeah so anyways yeah so for sure so we really like want to not only focus on cutting out the foods that are hurting but then we're adding in foods that are extremely nutrient dense and i like to use that phrase what it means is like what foods have the most nutrition per ounce of anything? And very top of the list is meats, organ meats, and then regular muscle meats. <laughs> I will not be eating organ meats. I'm so and sorry. Nobody, I don't, I think I haven't, I have yet to meet a client who's like, okay, I can do that. Well, okay. I think I will say, I'm not gonna, I, one thing I've been talking about with, cause like, there was like this big article recently about like how bugs are going to be the protein of the future because like per their body weight, they have like a ton of protein and nutrients in them. And a ton of people are like, that's disgusting. I would never eat bugs. And I'm like, but there's, there's cultures where bugs are a big part of their, of their diet. And so like yucking that is like, inherently pretty racist because it's like oh that that no 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 and there are lots of cultures that do organ meat but the the reason why I will not be doing organ meat is because a it's really hard to find organ meat you have a whole freezer full if you want any free (laughs) okay um and a if you do find it it's usually pretty pricey that was me doing a money thing that you can't (laughs) but the people on the podcast can't see that Well, you're right. Like, it's funny because even like a hundred years ago, organ meats were still very like sought after. That's the first thing you'd eat if you hunted. And now we're like, Ooh, like, what do I even do with this? It's just a very fascinating cultural Mm -hmm. Anyway, but if we're looking at like how much nutrition is packed in food, organ meats are at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Red meat is second. Other meats then we have vegetables, then we have fruits, grains, like barely even make that. Even if we weren't considering all the toxins and grains, it's like peanuts compared to meat in what they give us. Yeah. But meat also has more vitamins and nutrition than vegetables, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So in your case, so you eliminate all these things and so you're like well what do I eat and the answer is typically a lot more meat and a lot more vegetables Mm -hmm. so getting those that protein count way up is gonna and the fat content is gonna help stabilize things very quickly okay and there's a few more nuances that I'll send you especially just in those 30 days where you want to eliminate because those foods do tend to cause issues and inflammation. And so the goal again is to like, this is an experiment for 30 days to totally cut out and calm down my system. And then we're going to add in a few special things to help quickly heal your gut so that you can get back on track as soon as possible. Okay. Question. Am I going to have to stop coffee 
if you can drink it moder in moderation, like how much do you have now? <laughs> um I guess it depends on if I am taking it to go or if I have it here because if I have it here at my house um I have a french press so I usually do like a full french press okay which is about like two and a half cups but if I take it to go then I just do like um a to-go thing usually and that's like like a 16 ounce like two cups but like I do think that in the past like week and a half I have definitely or maybe I just am feeling the effects of the caffeine more because there's been a lot of times when I've um like have just had caffeine on like a completely empty stomach <laughs> yeah I mean I guess it depends how that can be something you add in if it's mm -hmm. too overwhelming but probably for like adrenal fatigue or anxiety like there is certainly one of the first things mm -hmm. when people who know anything about anxiety should tell you to do <laughs> is cut out caffeine I know and like and the reason why I ask is that I've like done caffeine what's it called purges that's not the right word caffeine tolerance yeah. breaks yeah like I've done that before and I feel so bad the first like week and a half and mm -hmm. I don't know if I have the capacity to do that right now <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean like I I do think that um during the winter break I think I'm gonna have to like do that or maybe I can do it like um for the Thanksgiving break that could be something I, I can consider off on eliminating coffee okay especially if you can drink it black yeah I don't that's the other thing like I don't drink my coffee I drink black with no sugar I'm like an old man in that way <laughs> I'm like I'm an 80 year old man <laughs> in a 30 year old body 30 year old woman's body uh, I'm not 30 yet when Sawyer was little he was like four his papa Mel used to take him to McDonald's and I went one day and so I like walked up to the counter and he rarely ever talks to anyone, but he's like, I'll take a small coffee black. <laughs> oh, so cute. How like, old is he? Four. Oh, little four-year-old saucy. <laughs> so cute. I really regret that I didn't get a chance to meet some of your kids when they were younger because they seemed like they were just so... <laughs> some of your kids I say some of your kids because like I did I was because like Grady was like two and a half two when yeah. I met him I think so <laughs> oh gosh um but okay so hold off on recommend is if you can just try to like limit it to a certain time a day and I and I have done that um besides this last Sunday when I couldn't eat, eat or drink anything in the morning because I had such a bad headache I did take ibuprofen to help with that because I literally I was just like laying in bed like I couldn't do anything I had coffee in the afternoon then but normally I don't have coffee or caffeine after like noon okay so, so. I would just stick with that for now doesn't okay. sound like that would be too much of a problem yeah um, I do want to I do want to take a break though yeah I need to take a break, but I just like, I really can't, I don't think I can, I don't think I can do it right now. Yeah. I think no I would worries. go crazy. I think I would, <laughs> I think that there would be a homicide. I don't know of who, but there would be a homicide. <laughs> I think it, so a common, couple common pitfalls is you really don't want to feel like you're not eating enough. Okay. But it's going to look different. Like say, for example, if you're normally like, I have a burger and fries, but now you have to eat a burger without a bun. Yeah. You're going to probably have to eat a lot more burger to fill mm -hmm. up. But the nice thing is when we're eating mostly like proteins and fats, it's very hard to overeat. You know, like if you, if I get a pizza and I'm like, oh my gosh, pizza sounds so good. And you just like are shoving it in your mouth and three slices later, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? That feeling of being overstuffed. 
you really can't do that with like a steak, right? You're not like, whoa, I should only have eaten two steaks. That was crazy. I don't like, think I could eat. Just... I don't know if I could eat two steaks though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like your body is way more self-limiting because it's a natural food that your body still has the in- instinct to like, okay, I've had enough, but you might need to, you don't want to feel hungry, I guess. Okay. If that makes sense. Not necessarily like you can't go hungry. Like you can certainly go hungry, but you don't want to like, oh, that wasn't enough. I have to wait till the next meal. I'm really feeling restricted, not getting enough food. So you really don't have to worry about portions. It's like you eat to feeling full. And that's also going to help train, retrain your body to like, know what those feelings really do feel like. Okay. Like what full is and what hungry is. And the other pitfall is that sometimes this doesn't happen, but if your body's really addicted to carbohydrates and sugars, (laughs) you'll feel worse before you feel better. Yeah. I, like I said, I really crave potatoes. I think it's because of my Irish genes. I think that potatoes, it's like potatoes. That's what you need potatoes have gotten us through hard times it'll get you through <laughs> these hard times too about so my jeans jeans are screaming at me uh, well <laughs> i'm trying to decide what to tell you because usually like white potatoes you cut out for th- a month and like do yams or sweet potatoes or squash uh, i'll have to think about it Okay, sounds good. I mean, I will say I have those those Irish genes, so I maybe I have a higher tolerance for white potatoes. I don't know if that works like that, but <laughs> it could. It could. White potatoes aren't necessarily bad. They have lots of good nutrition in them. They're just higher in carbs and sugars. They're Sorry. higher on the glycemic index than. I know that there's like. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I know that there's like different, um, like there's like basically a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, um, a starchy versus waxy kind of scale for potatoes. Mm. If you're, did you go more on like the waxy side? Yeah. Like red potatoes. Yeah. Like what yeah. ones have like less starch? I think what you have to be careful with if you decide to keep in potatoes is that you're not like, well, I'm hungry. I'll just eat some potatoes because <laughs> I can like, potatoes. you know, those are like, okay, if you must. Okay. But because people are like, our bodies get really addicted to the fast fuel burning. It's like a withdrawal, like an addictive withdrawal that you'll feel for two weeks about, it takes about two weeks to withdraw from sugar and so then you feel even more tired but some people don't it's like their bodies instantly like feel so much better because they're so sensitive to those foods you've just taken away you'll so it could go either way but if you're feeling worse you have to kind of just hang through that and take care of your body okay okay I'm probably going to have to start this on like Monday because I really don't have a lot of capacity until Sunday to do yeah. anything. I'm just going to start thinking at least. Okay. Like, okay. I'm going to go shopping Sunday. I'm going to start this Monday. What am I going to eat for breakfast? What will I, if I'm taking my lunches, what are super easy things that I can have on hand? Well, and I do think that like, I I think that like I'm gonna have to play around with it on Monday and see because I do know that the um the dining halls on campus because I have like those food swipes they are really good about putting their ingredients like they will have like the full ingredient list Mm -hmm. um online for everything so I can definitely like look that up before I go in and try to like plan around what I can eat there and like what I can ask for because they are they are also really accommodating for things like allergies yeah um 
So and that's a great point. Like you can just kind of pretend, be like, I'm allergic to grains. So I just can't have them. Yeah. I'm allergic to dairy. And there's lots of things that you can play around with. Like if they're serving burgers, you just eat that without a bun. Or if you go somewhere or. No. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of flexibility you can have. Okay. But especially if you want to continue lifting. Yeah, that's the thing. Drastically improve your protein intake. Which, like, I definitely have been stagnating on, like, the amount that I can lift. And I think that's a, a big reason for that is because, um, is because I have, have like, not, my nutrition has not been good. Yeah. Um, also what, what do you recommend for like fruits? And, um, I also, well, I haven't been doing it for the past six weeks cause I really haven't been lifting all that much, but, um, I started taking, um, creatine for lifting, mm. which by the way, creatine, I was like looking up some interesting articles about this and like, um, research articles, um, creatine can have like a big boost for like mental acuity too which is really interesting but what would you recommend for like fruits so what I typically tell people is you want to stick with the low sugar fruits and that's like the berries citrus melons okay and then kind of the in-between fruits are like apples grapes um bananas but bananas are kind of toward the high end of sugars and then like the tropical fruits are all very high in sugar. Okay. However, you know, it's kind of like, again, you really want to not bastardize anything of like, you know, this is why the, the things like the paleo diet or um, the Atkins diet, like it's like the premise is good, but then people take one piece of it and run with it. Right. Like, yeah. Well, they said bacon was good. So I just eat bacon. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was, I guess I was asking more because like, I, cause like, well, especially during the summer, I found it really helpful for, um, breakfast in the morning to do like a smoothie and I would like make the smoothie the previous night. Mm. Um, but I would use like, I, that's, and that's what I was like wondering about like alternative milk for, because, um, that's what I use my, like put my smoothies typically is like alternative milk, but, I, um, I have been using flax milk, like flaxseed milk, mm. but is, cause that's, is that a grain or is that, that's a seed, but I wasn't sure if it's like, yeah, I mean, we do usually coconut milk canned cause it has the fewest additives or even like if you brewed like half a gallon jug of tea, like green tea or something mm-hmm. that could be your liquid. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. And then what about things like protein powders? I have a thing, like a half thing of protein powder that I'm, that I'm currently still working through. It's a, it's, it's plant protein. So it doesn't have like whey in it. Cause like I'm lactose intolerant and plant and whey based protein makes me poop. Hmm. I'll send you a, the like label. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Cool. I feel, oh, sugar. I feel, sorry. I just like, I'm playing with something cause I need a fidget cause I have ADHD. Um, <laughs> see our previous podcast. Why are they always getting off topic <laughs> or something to that effect? Um, yeah, I feel pretty, I feel good. Um, I think this is going to be hard, but I think that something has to give, I think. So, yeah, for sure. Well, and I'm here and I'll send you that, that outline of it. And then you can ask me questions, but yeah, pick a day, come up with a plan, think things through and then just start. Okay. Are you going to be my accountability buddy for Thanksgiving and Christmas? I can. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. Well, 
I guess I'll go. I haven't eaten yet. I should probably go eat. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just woke up right when you texted me. I was like, okay, give me five minutes. Go get some eggs. The you other thing those. is that, interestingly, the more protein you eat for your first meal of the day, the more stable your blood sugars will be throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And you want to shoot for like actually over 25 grams of protein for breakfast. Isn't it like, isn't that like about the amount of protein that a human can like process in one sitting? Is like 22 or something like that? Or no, it's like a little bit more. Probably. Like 30. Maybe over 20 and whatever. I'll look it up later. Okay. Well, I'll have some eggs, I guess. Perfect. And I have kombucha with black, with activated charcoal. There you go. Maybe that'll like clear out my system. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> activated charcoal is not like, I think the people think the activated charcoal is like a scrub brush for the insides of us. I was like, I don't think it really does much for us. It just looks cool. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. My, my mic's going away. Okay. Well, I think that that's a good place to end. Um, I'll guess I'll check in with you next week, Sarah. And hopefully our listeners found this helpful. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think when we did our other podcast, like the, in the before times we had an episode called something along the lines of like physician heal thyself. Mm. And this feels similar. Yes. Um, to that. So I'm glad that we were able to do this Sarah and hopefully everybody found it helpful if anybody would like to have nutrition services with you Sarah what would that look like and how would they go about doing that just contacting me either text email Facebook my website we set up what your goals are and then I kind of do month to month support like then we meet weekly come up with a plan go over your your chronic health issues and concerns come up with a plan and then we meet every week to see how it's going and make tweaks and add things and get you well on your way but typically like within a month or two people are feeling really great sweet christmas christmas you can feel great by christmas it's a great christmas gift to yourself (laughs) yeah holidays that everyone it's like, well, the holidays are so hard, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like we don't have to just like give into that. Like, well, I know I'm going to eat like crap for two months and then really regret it. Like it can look different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Sorry. I'm like just contemplating life over here. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon, Jincy. Yeah, talk to you soon, Sarah. Everybody, make sure to please rate, subscribe, like, share, follow. I think that the review. (laughs) Sounds good. Do all the things. Okay, I'll talk to you later, Sarah. Bye. Bye.